Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Josh asked and encouraged us to partic- to approach Advent with some honesty and vulnerability. We can allow ourselves to embrace all that comes up for us during the season, positive and negative. There is room for it all. So in the spirit of vulnerability and transparency, I have a confession for you today. I don't really like Advent. Um, I, in fact, when I was researching this talk, I thought I'd go back to the journal where I keep all of my sermon notes and look up past Advent sermons. And when I tell you there is a massive gap between the end of November and January, all the way back to 2018. Um, I think there's a few reasons for this. My, the church that I grew up with, my former churches, didn't really celebrate, celebrate Advent. Christmas was a time we thanked God for sending Jesus to save us from an eternity of hell so that we would live eternally with our heavenly riches and our heavenly mansion. And while I love Christmas time, I love the lights, being with family, friends, gifts, because love my love language is giving, receiving gifts. The idea of Advent kind of bums me out. Um, the few years I've tried observing it, I cannot seem to master the waiting part. And I'm not talking about waiting for my heavenly riches. I have a deep yearning and longing for change, for a holy transformation that is promised when Jesus comes back to make everything right with the world, with me, with my relationships, with the earth, with God. I'm ready now. We are ready now. We need it now. But today, we wait, and that really ticks me off. So obviously, I was thrilled to hear that I'd be talking about joy. (laughs) And I really tried, y'all. I had this hope and vision that I would find this inner joy within me under all of the cynicism, and I'd share that joy with you, and you'd walk out of here glowing, and then you'd go to your neighborhoods, and your neighbors would be like, oh my gosh, you're so happy. Why is that? And you'd be like, it's the joy of the Lord. Let me tell you about my friend Jesus. And then you transform all of your neighborhoods with the goodness of God. And then for the past three weeks, I sat in front of my laptop looking at the blank screen, and that sermon never came. So instead, I am taking a different approach. I've, I've decided to come as I am, a little confused about Advent, a little irritated, longing to encourage you to be as you are, however you answered when you checked in with yourself. And together, we can approach this Advent joy with some curiosity. So let's ask the question we may be quietly asking. Where is the joy in waiting? To help answer this question, we will be in Luke 1 and 2. In Luke 1, we are first introduced to Zechariah and Elizabeth, a husband and wife who have prayed and yearned for a child, but she is un- uh, they are unable to conceive, and because of their late age, it's ultimately too late. And while Zechariah is working in the temple of the Lord, an angel appears to him and tells him that they are going to have a son. 
And during this encounter, the angel takes away his ability to speak for reasons that are not today's point. And just as the angel said, and God promised, Elizabeth conceives and gives birth to a child. And when it's time for the child to be circumcised, all of a sudden, Zachariah is able to speak again. He immediately praises God. And in front of all of his neighbors and relatives, this is the first thing that's documented that he says. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation for our enemies and from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. This is a weird response to a child's first circumcision, or only circumcision, hopefully. (laughs) Um, But I think there's something here. Zechariah recounts all that God has done for the people of Israel. He would have known all the stories about his people being oppressed by Pharaoh in Egypt, then wandering in the desert for 40 years, the countless battles and wars and cries to God for help. Here in Luke, this is Zechariah remembering that God keeps his promises. God rescued saved them from enemies, showed mercy, was faithful just as God promised he'd be. Zechariah parallels this promise kept to the people of Israel with a promise God kept to him and his wife for a child. When we make a practice of remembering what God has done, we get a glimpse of the larger story. We start to see God's faithfulness and goodness, not just in ourselves personally, but through people all over the world and throughout time. We see how big God is in the midst of overwhelming circumstances, and it strengthens our belief that God loves us unconditionally. God has rescued and saved, showed mercy and sees us. And the more we meditate on what's been done, we start to see God's promises for us and believe them. And when we really believe that, when we know that to be true in our bones, that's when there's joy. If God has done it in the past, God can do it again. We don't have to be afraid. We can rest and celebrate. Joy comes in remembering what God has done. But as we remember, it is just as important to look for what God is doing now. In Luke 2, shortly after Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph take Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem to be ceremonially purified. And they have this encounter with a man there. It starts in uh, verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, 
As you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. What I find interesting about this passage is that Simeon didn't wait for the fulfillment of God's promises passively. His waiting was filled with devotion for God and God's way of living. And that love and relationship allowed him to experience what God was doing. I kind of wonder what would have happened if uh, the Holy Spirit was like, Simeon, go to the temple. And he was like, nah. Because, because Simeon chose to be in an active relationship with God while he waited. He was able to recognize that God was up to something and he chose to say, yes, I'll go to the temple. And he gets to see the long-awaited promise fulfilled and hold his Savior in his arms. The same thing happens when Mary, with Mary when the angel tells her that she will become pregnant with the Son of God, even though she's a virgin. Her willingness to say, I am the Lord's servant, My, may your word to me be fulfilled, sets her on a path of difficulties and heartache, yes. But also it is filled with unexplainable moments of awe and wonder and things I'm sure she never thought she'd experience. She herself, her body, becomes a miracle. Joy doesn't just come when we get what we were waiting for. Joy comes when we look for what God is doing in the meantime, in the if-I-never-see-it-happen time, in the this-prayer-may-not-get-answered time. So, where is the joy in waiting? The lie is believing the only joy you'll ever need will come later. Joy can be found in the present, in this moment. As you are searching for God, you are choosing the path that is filled with unexplainable moments of awe and wonder and things I'm sure you never thought you'd get to experience. Now, this is all well and good to hear. Joy comes when I remember what God has done and look for what God is doing. That may even send you out of here with some hope and excitement. But time will pass. You will have lunch and you'll forget. Same. The kids will throw tantrums. You'll throw tantrums. You'll be back at that stressful job or home life. You'll feel pain, loneliness, despair. Maybe life will just go back to normal. How do you practice finding joy then? Start with the simple things ask. Maybe your prayer this week can be, help me to see joy. I also like to add on and remind me this is answered prayer. I also find that joy is amplified around others. Tell someone when something good happens to you, when you're delighted or taken by surprise, when you see something that takes your breath away, grab someone and show them. Maybe you practice quiet listening and holding space for others. Or maybe it's finding a safe space and choosing to share something about yourself when you wouldn't otherwise. So again, in the spirit of sharing in community, I am going to tell you a practice of joy I'm committing, committing to. I am going to come to the Christmas Eve candlelight service to be with all of you. 
And I know that doesn't seem big, but something about night services, I'm kind of like, hmm, I can get cozy. <laughs> and uh, the temptation is to enjoy my day off by reflecting alone. But r- the reality is I'm not reflecting on what Jesus has done and what Jesus is doing if I'm alone on my couch. I'm going to finish watching the bear. Um, the more I practice being here together with all of you, as many Sundays as I can, to pray, to confess our faith, to share the Lord's table together, I am reminded every week that God answered my prayer in the middle of a pandemic to find a faith community committed to Jesus, vulnerability, and compassion. And just as God did then, God can and will do again. In a couple of moments, we are going to participate in a time of quiet and reflection. This is a great time to remember what God has done for you, your loved ones, your community. You can also use it to check back in with yourself, mine a little deeper, see if there's any joy to be found in whatever state you're in. And if joy is too far of a step for you today, that is okay too. It is always available when you're ready And if you're even the slightest bit open, it might surprise you and show up when you need it most. This is my prayer for all of us today. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace as we trust in him, so that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.